Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article titled Ester Synchronization and the Breeding Season, Resources to Review for 2020. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Rick Funston, who's a reproductive physiologist based at the West Central Research and Extension Center at North Platte. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Funston. Yep, thanks for having me. So, Dr. Funston, as a member of the Beef Reproduction Task Force, you're one of the hosts and coordinators for the Applied Reproductive Strategies and Beef Cattle Resource page, which can be found at beefrepro.unl.edu. Share with us more about the Beef Reproduction Task Force and some of the resources that can be found at that website. Now, the task force was formed some, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago now by a group of beef specialists that had a reproductive appointment. And one of the main reasons we formed this was the lack of beef reproductive physiologist extension specialists. At that time, there were only eight in the United States. So we saw a need to be able to not only serve local clientele, but also gain expertise in extension activities on a national basis, which one of our initial accomplishments or things that we took on was to standardize the synchronization protocols. There were there was a time when AI catalogs were not uniformly presenting uh, synchronization protocols. Today, that's been one of our biggest accomplishments is to get the the industry, if you will, to agree on a set of protocols that's proven by science and not by someone thought that had success with limited numbers and therefore was recommending a protocol that wasn't widely tested. Uh, we went on to do national applied reproductive strategies and beef cattle symposiums across the United States. And I don't know, to date, there might be 20 or 20 plus. And uh, those proceedings are on the website that Aaron cited and a lot of really valuable information there in those proceedings. Most of them would have a proceedings paper and also accompanying slides and some of the more recent ones would also have audio with it. So you can actually review a lot of things, all reproduction. And it's not just synchronization um, type of topics, but general management considerations to increase or improve reproductive uh, rates in both addressing the female and and we bring in expert to address the male component as well. One of the resources that I really think is a good resource that can help you plan your ester synchronization there is, is annually the ester synchronization protocols are reviewed and updated. Show our listeners just about how that process takes place and, and the decision is made, as you said, on what are the standard protocols that uh, are going to be recommended to the industry? We have a meeting, oh, in general, it's the night before wherever we have a Applied Reproductive Strategies Symposium, and we discuss and or present any new data, if there is any, that might warrant considering a different protocol, for example, uh, for the last, I don't know, three or four years, the protocols really have not changed. So nothing earth shattering as far as a better synchronization system. There's been some 
discussion on uh, the split timed AI, but I don't think that has uh, uniformly been tested to be better. Somewhat with sex semen, so cattle that aren't in estrus at the time of time breeding to then delay insemination until 20 hours later or something. And we saw no benefit in conventional semen, So, but uh, some Missouri data shows some benefit in sex semen. So yeah, those protocols are, are reviewed annually and then a discussion to bring forth any, any new data that might warrant a change. Tied to that, if you go on that website under resources, you can access the synchronization planner, which actually is a product of Iowa State. But at the time that we reviewed it, there were protocols on there that probably weren't the best. To date, they would only reflect the protocols that are on the protocol sheets. And it gives you a tool, basically start with the end in mind, when you want to breed, and then it works you backwards for what protocol prints you out a calendar, tells you what to do when, which is very useful in planning uh, the breeding season. But telling people, you know, especially in heifers, we need to start planning now because one of the best or most recommended protocols is MJ or the 14-day seeder, which require a month plus ahead planning. So those program and accompanying calendar will set you up where you tell you what you need to do when. Another resource I want to mention that's available to producers as they think about getting ready for the breeding season is a webinar program, and that webinar is linked in the Beef Watch newsletter article, where you really just kind of walk through and look at the different protocols available, as well as some management practices that producers really need to think through as they prepare for synchronizing estrus in either heifers and cows, and also management post-AI in terms of what are some things nutritionally and and stress around that period of time post-AI, or for that matter, if we're using estrus synchrony and natural service, what that can do in terms of impact to conception. Share just some general principles that producers should remember and think about as they get geared up to plan estrus synchronization in the breeding season. Yeah, it's it's not just correct or precise implementation of a of a synchronization protocol, but also management around it, as you mentioned. A lot of times we tend to think of management just up to breeding, but forget about post-breeding management, which which involves a variety of things, nutrition probably being number one. And some of the research we've done shows that actually back in cattle up can also set them up to perform better post-breeding. So one of the worst things we can do is overfeed cattle going into breeding and then they go to pasture or a plane of nutrition that's something less. And we have, uh, at least in in, uh, theory, uh, increased embryonic loss. We don't want to have cattle gaining too much. We want them to be adequate, but we always want to set cattle up so whatever their next phase in the production cycle, they're going to be on an increasing plane of nutrition going into breeding and and through at least early establishment of pregnancy, which is going to be up to 40, 45 days, which leads into other management things that we might be doing that hurt our pregnancy rates that are tied to post-breeding management, such as shipping stress. We want to ship cattle either right away post-breeding or wait probably 40, 45 days. 
Also, pregnancy diagnosis, we don't want to do it at a critical time. We know we can detect with ultrasound as early as 25 days, but doing that, there's an increased chance of embryonic loss, so we need to wait probably 45, 50 days before we diagnose pregnancy. Some of those management things have to be a compromise because we know, you know, our time-to-AI pregnancy rates can approach, you know, 60% is very good, but that means our cleanup period, some of those animals, even at day 40, are going to be in a stage of pregnancy that's could be uh, at risk for loss because they'll be at a, at a uh, less than desirable stage of pregnancy where the AIs could be safe. So you might even want to wait 30 days after bull removal. It just depends on conditions. I know sometimes in drought conditions and other management decisions have to be made earlier. But there's a paper, and it appears both in the State of Beef Conference 2018, which is on beef.unl.edu, and it also appears in the Manhattan Proceedings from the Applied Reproductive Strategies uh, Seminar entitled General Management Considerations to Improve Success of Artificial Insemination and Natural Service Conception Rates. So all those things apply, whether it be whether it be AI or natural service. But I would recommend to people to to review that paper prior to the breeding season for some uh, management considerations to uh, to think about prior to the breeding season and going into uh, the breeding season. As we point towards wrapping this up, Dr. Funston, anything else you'd like to remind producers to be aware of or things that they should be thinking through as they geared up for the breeding season? Well, I think you alluded to it, Aaron. I think largely we think of synchronization as a as a component of an AI program, well, some would say that half the benefit of an AI program is the fact that we synchronize cattle. And you certainly can use synchronization with natural service to gain much of the benefits of an AI program, which is early conception primarily. We know that age is highly correlated, tied to weight. And so those animals that can early uh, we'll have heavier calves at weaning, and we've got data that shows it goes clear into that end product. The animal that we finish is heavier, grades better, and more profitable from these older animals. And the heifers have benefits of earlier conception. Those born early in the breeding season are heavier at weaning, obviously, and they more cycling at breeding, and they have higher First service conception rates, they, they wean a heavier first calf, they have a longer postpartum interval, and breed back better. So a simple program for animals that are likely cycling is just to turn the bulls out for five days and then give a shot of prostaglandin. We can also implement some of the cedar protocols in uh, late calvers to move them up, and you can tie that with AI or just... Uh, Cedar in for seven days, pull it, give prostaglandin, and turn the bulls out. Um, we've moved animals up two to three cycles, and I've got ranches that, that routinely will take that group of later calvers for the last week that they have access to them, put a cedar in them, a week later pull it out, give prostaglandin, put them on their truck if they have to, and, and have bulls with them when they arrive wherever for the breeding season. We really appreciate your time, Dr. Funston. Thanks for joining me. 
So to view the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, please visit the beef.unl.edu website. I'll also mention the Beef Reproduction Task Force Applied Reproductive Strategies resource page. That can be found at beefrepro.unl.edu. Would encourage you to visit that website. Lots of good resources and information there, good resources to review as you prepare for the breeding season.